We're getting on to 50. It'll be soon. We're close. Speaking of 41, the reason why episode, or the reason why Josie said that is because it's episode 41, folks. <laughs> Welcome back to Between Sets. I'm joined by Tim Walcott. I'm Tyler Patterson. We are joined by Josie K. Hello. Josie K. <laughs> Doc. Welcome. Welcome back. She's been here before. If you guys haven't heard the first podcast she was on, I highly recommend going to listen to it because first of all, it was amazing. Second of all, you'll learn something. Third of all, you'll it'll make more sense about what we're going to talk about today. So today we have Josie on to talk about her total knee replacement. Yep. TKR for short. TKR. <laughs> uh, TKD. TKO. TKO. What is TKD? I don't know. I think I'm just putting letters together. Kind of. Total knee displacement. Total knee displacement. You had a total knee displacement, then you got a total knee replacement. I was going to say that's what you went through first. Yeah. Right. So we have a million questions for her regarding the process as to you know what in what entails a total knee replacement, what the rehab is like, what you should expect. You know, but it's also individualized, and I'm sure Josie's going to touch on a few of those points to talk about everybody's length of time for healing is going to be different. Everyone's perceived pain level is going to be different. Everyone's perceived decrease in their actual function or of, of daily life is going to be individualized as well. But we're talking to Josie about her uh, experience. Yeah. So Josie, first of all, uh, for the people that haven't listened to the first episode, why'd you get a total knee replacement? Um, I was a pedestrian, uh, when I was 14, I was pedestrian crossing the road and I got hit by a car, uh, broke my femur. And then a few years down the road, about four years down the road, um, it just kind of turned into osteoarthritis in my knee. Um, so I was probably about 17 when the osteoarthritis really started to show. Um, like I had swelling in the knee. You could already tell that I didn't have full flexion or extension. So it's been like a long time that I've had osteoarthritis, but just like as the years have gone by, gone down or gone by, it's just kind of decreased. Yeah. Um, and my knee obviously got worse and worse and worse. And then I got a staph infection, which actually, oh yeah, oh. <laughs> which actually increased the osteoarthritis even more. Sure. So, yeah. So. Well, I think we probably said it on the last podcast, but a lot of people don't understand the difference between osteoarthritis and degeneration. Yeah. So people go, oh, I have arthritis because they, in their head, it's it's, um, it's compared to or the same as osteoarthritis. Yeah. And I go, no, when you break down arthritis, arth is joint and itis is inflammation. So if you actually have joint inflammation, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So you actually had joint inflammation. You had bone degeneration from a external stimulus, not an internal one. Yeah. Meaning something actually hit you rather than you just were yeah, alive Yeah, osteos normally from like an <laughs> accident or from like... Um, a lot of athletes who've like done a lot of um, like running or stuff like that, like high intensity work on their legs, usually yeah. then result in osteoarthritis. And you actually have to show signs of it. So like uh, if anyone follows Josie on Instagram before, I guess a couple months ago, you would have seen that sometimes she'll work out and it would just blow up like a balloon and it actually blew up like a balloon. Like yeah. it would it get red like- and hot and swollen. Yeah. yeah. It looked like a um, grapefruit <laughs> underneath <Yeah>. my leg. <laughs> it was, so crazy. It was, yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm jacked. You're literally swole. You're literally swole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, so why did you get the knee replacement? So obviously, all of this being said, this yeah. is why you got the knee replacement. So actually, about five years ago, um, I went to a bunch of doctors just to kind of see what they thought about my knee. 
I already knew that I would eventually need a knee replacement, but I wasn't really <laughs> sure of the extent. So I went to a bunch of different doctors and they all had said, basically, you need a knee replacement, but you're way too young. I was like 25 at that point. You're way too young. Just like, I know it's painful, but just keep doing what you're doing. Um, try to lose a little bit of weight. I was like a little bit heavier at that point. Try to lose a little bit of weight um, and then do what you're comfortable with, like in the gym, what you're doing already, just to try to make it feel a little better. And then when you actually just, you can't tolerate it anymore, which is different for everybody. Right. But when you can't tolerate it tolerate it anymore, um, then come on in and we'll, we'll give you the knee replacement. And I got to a point where um, I was taking painkillers every night. Like I was taking Advil extra strength or I was going to the doctors to get like Percocets to sleep because it was so bad. Right. Um, and then I was just like, I'm literally crying every night. I was seeing someone at that point. He was just like, you need to go to the doctor. Oh. Yeah, it was really, it was about probably four months of right. me crying every single night. I was in so much pain. I hadn't slept in, slept in months. And I was like, it's time. Once things it's affect time. your sleep, it's like That's what, everything yeah. starts My doctor to was like, like, you know what? Like you're still walking and the knee is really bad. But like, he's like, it again, like it affects everyone differently. Whatever you can't tolerate, I can't tolerate not sleeping. Yeah. So yeah. whatever well, you can't tolerate, then it's time. Yeah. That's but so I, I let it go for maybe a little bit longer than I should have. So what did you, before your surgery... Uh, how did you manage it by yourself? I think this kind of is a good explanation of like, if you do have knee pain, what can you do to try to manage it, make it possibly go away depending? Um, I, I don't know about going away. Well, not in my case, when it went away. But for me, what I did was just really building up the muscle around the leg. That helped me a lot. Um, it takes a lot of kind of detective work to figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you like if you can't squat don't squat if it's making it worse for you but yeah I just did everything that I could to build up the muscle and I was really lucky that I was already working out prior yeah. um, and that I had the knowledge in fitness of what I could do and what worked for me um, but that definitely I believe that if I didn't build up the muscle around my leg that it I would have had to get a knee replacement a lot sooner. Definitely. And it would have been, although it was really painful, it would have been a lot more painful. Yeah. What well, do you think about the, um, some of this would be speculation, but like how much do you think building it up beforehand also helps with recovery that you're in now? It like helps going... a lot. But I didn't have full extension, so I already had a lot of atrophy in my leg. Even going into it already? Even just going it got, into it, yeah. I have had a lot of atrophy in my left leg because I, I just could never get it fully, my leg fully extended, so I yeah. could never fully um, contract my quads. However, I mean, I could only do the best that I can do with what I had. Um, yeah, I I don't know <laughs> if, yeah. if it helped that much, but I, I, I'll never know unless I did it again without actually having to do yeah. working out. Well, the idea behind that, because we actually talked about it before yeah. Tim came in, we talked about that where the reason why you would do that is you want to keep the muscles as healthy as you possibly can and mm -hmm. have as dense as muscle fibers as you can in the actual volume of your muscle fibers. So when you have to be rested for an extended period of time, mm -hmm. you'll get atrophy, but you'll only atrophy like 50% of your muscle mass rather than 100%. Mm -hmm. That's the general idea. So it's always a good idea, but it's a it's kind of a shame that it didn't like... I guess it probably did work for you, Josie. It's one of those things where... We'll, you'll never know because yeah. you can't go back and go, okay, let me just get really untrained and then get the surgery. But Yeah. Well, actually, like I was saying to you earlier, but like I went in 
thinking extremely naive thinking oh whatever like I'll be back in the gym within like two or three weeks after my surgery because I'm fit I'm healthy and like like just like blowing smoke (laughs) and then uh, afterwards I was like I don't understand why I'm not walking right away or why this is hurting me a lot more and I had like a lot of people telling me so and so walk was walking within two weeks I don't understand why it's been a month and you're not walking and it's different for everybody and then my doctor even said he's like you've had like 10 11 surgeries on your knee prior to the knee replacement we had to pull out yeah we had to pull out a lot of scar tissue so he's like that could be a reason but everybody heals differently how long has it been right now since the replacement uh it was december december 17th so what's that like seven weeks ish i don't know two months it's the two months months. oh yeah it would be today so almost yeah it would almost be two months yeah yeah yeah, that's wild i didn't even realize that yeah well it's it's um when did you when were you able to kind of fully extend well extend your leg as much as you could as much as you can now because i I followed your process i followed your progress but for the people that don't know can you tell us a little bit about the progression of of how your knee is and your pain and stuff like that yeah um what do you mean like the extension it seems like way different already from like four weeks ago oh yeah like based on what we see anyway on social media the first three i would say the first three weeks after surgery was like i did not expect pain like that oh yeah Um, oh yeah it was excruciating to the point like if i touched my toe like i would scream like it was excruciating um every like after the first two weeks i was like this isn't getting better like it's not getting better and then i started to get a little bit get worried yeah i got worried i was like something went wrong yeah yeah (laughs) which i think is pretty normal because you don't really know what to expect um because such an invasive surgery and then um and my leg wasn't moving and then i finally went to physio and she basically had said to me your leg's not where it should be and like that freaked me out. <laughs> what did she mean by that? Um, extension and flexion. Oh, she wanted more range. She wanted more range of motion, okay. yeah. So, like, the when you first go to physio for a knee replacement, all they really work on with you is just, like, range of motion. Yeah. And it, it just wasn't moving the way it should have been moving. Right. Um, and it's, like, she's, like, you need to push past the pain. And I'm, like, I mean, <laughs> I'm doing the best that I can. It's, like, extremely, it's yeah. extremely painful. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get away from that mindset right there because... To, to, first of all, she gave you a nocebo, meaning like, oh, this isn't as good as I thought it would be. Like, yeah. I expected more. And you're like... Yeah, she could have so just kept that in her head. It yeah. freaks you out. You don't need to say that. Yeah, you don't need to say it all out. Just go, okay. You're where like, you're at now. We'll work with it. Yeah. That's all you can do. Well, judging from my textbook, it's supposed to be like, it's so... Like, you can't do that because it's not going to be the progression. Yeah. Josie and I were talking about before you came in. I was talking about WSIB patients or having like an MVA patient. Mm. And someone from WSIB or MVA will be like... Your patient should be fixed by now, or whatever the case is. And I go, yeah, very cool. You're you're a pencil pusher, yeah. And I'm actually doing this. Do you want to yeah. come see yeah. for yourself? Yeah. But on paper, they're like they should be. They read a textbook. Yeah. And it says like page like forty nine. It says six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, very cool. <laughs> they, so they don't understand that like pain in do, like is you know uh, will Complex. affect your. It's too yeah. Complex. And that's and why like function. when you're after a knee replacement, they give you such a wide. Um, span of healing time. They'll be like six to right. 12 weeks or, or sorry, months, six to 12 months or six right. to 18 months. Yeah. And you're kind of like, whoa, that's huge. But yeah. it is because yeah. everyone heals differently uh-huh. and people have different pain tolerances. So it helps them push past whatever like 
the exercises or the stretches. There's so many variables, right? There's and then, so many yeah, going variables. in what like, we were saying before, going what, in with more what, more yeah, fitness, more yeah, muscle, or less, less muscle. or like what was what was your knee? How bad was it prior? Like, uh-huh. I think it's really unfair for overweight, them to underweight you, going in. Mm-hmm, yeah, I think it's really unfair for them to give you like such a set. Like especially if you go to a physiotherapist and they're like at three weeks your leg should be at zero degrees or whatever. And like uh-huh. c- according to whom? Like mm-hmm. for who? I think you say should it could be. The should is the problem. Yeah. If you yeah. say it yeah. could be three weeks, yeah. you go, sweet. When it's not, doesn't matter. And then you're until you have data it. to inform that estimation anyway, you have to make that or you should be making that broad range, right? Mm-hmm. Like as you collect data and time goes on and you're like, oh, things are improving quicker than expected or quicker than the mean, then you can kind of assume that like, okay, maybe you're, uh, it's quicker. It's on the, the lower end there of six to 12 months. Meanwhile, you know, after four weeks, eight weeks, you're like, oh, this is moving a little slower. No worries. Yeah. It's closer to 12 or something. Yeah. You know, which is like for anybody who's had any type of surgery, try not to go in with that kind of mindset that you're going to (laughs) be going to the gym within three weeks after just kind of work with what you got and just do the best that you can do without trying to freak yourself out. Because that's what I did. I freaked myself Mm -hmm. out. And then for days, I'm not joking because I freaked myself out. I was like, well. I'm screwed. So for days, I like yeah. sat on my couch, like really upset. Wow. I was like, I think I made a mistake. I don't oh. know if this was something I should have done. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's scary. It was. I was, was going to ask you, yeah. like, psychologically, how. I guess it's kind of a broad question, but just, <laughs> just the journey psychologically, it's been, I guess, leading up to it, and yeah. since then. Leading up to it, I was really excited. Yeah. Because like my mindset was. I'll get the surgery within like two to three weeks. I'm going to be like feeling better and it's going to be be great and it'll be behind me. And like, Uh I won't have arthritis anymore, which is really weird to say, by the way, when I like (laughs) fill out forms and they're like, do you have arthritis? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Just a question mark. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And yeah, after, after my knee replacement, that kind of like the first few weeks really messed with my head because I expected to be better um, or feel better. So I kind of freaked myself out a little bit. There's lots of tears. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Yeah. yeah. Well, how, yeah, it's kind of a hard question to ask, but bring us through the past six, seven weeks. So the first couple of weeks, like, yeah. and I don't want to say what should people expect, but what was your experience with like drugs and physio mm-hmm. and, you know, and how, what to do on a daily basis, like how has your knee been functioning and just run us through the past couple of weeks? Um, I would say the first few weeks, they really stress icing the leg. I actually got a machine for it. Um, I can't remember what the brand was, but I got a machine for like, have you heard of, oh, what's it called? Is it the, the black thing that you wrap around? Yeah. You're like that big black thing? <sighs> I don't remember what it's yeah. called. It is pretty expensive, but I'll be honest, after a knee replacement, totally worth it. Yeah. Um, you have to ice your leg about four to five times a day for half an hour. So your life is basically you wake up, you ice, you stretch, you ice, you stretch, you sleep because <laughs> you probably yeah. haven't slept the night before. And then it's like constant work of just um, dealing with the pain and trying to get the leg moving. Because the first few, they say like the first six weeks is like, um, is where you really have to push it. Like the no pain, no gain really uh, yeah. applies to that. But mm-hmm. the first few weeks is where you really 
um gain a lot of ground like, yeah you really have to focus on like the stretching the most okay. like rather than strength you really want to focus yeah, okay. on the range of motion because that's where the scar tissue ends up like building up really sure. quickly um and some people actually build scar tissue super super quick i've got some dms from girls actually telling me that they within like weeks their scar tissue build up and they had to go back and to get surgery oh, oh. and get it scraped out and i like yeah. and then of course i'm sitting there like <gasps> yeah. <laughs> what if that happens You're like move me? it move my knee move it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty scary and Ugh. yeah it's um no matter how many like i was on percocets but no sorry oxys i was on oxys and no matter like it no matter how strong they were it's, <laughs> it kind of just temporarily helps with the pain yeah. like yeah. you're not just going to be like pushing like it's not just going to help you take the pain away completely you have to push past yeah yeah um that pain which is extremely painful <laughs> well I, we tell like i i myself definitely do but like i'm sure tim does the same time if you're already in pain you're gonna have to push through pain yeah because you're already in pain yeah so to think that you're gonna get a pain-free exercise after surgery you, yeah. you're in pain just laying there yeah so you're gonna have to be okay with like okay it hurts but every time i move it, it hurts because what happens is so that idea right there you're when your tissue's remodeling so you're getting new tissue Scar tissue is very, your your brain goes, fix that. It was torn, fix it. Mm -hmm. It puts a bunch of collagen fibers there, really, and in, in horrible organization. So it's just like all scattered. When you stretch it and kind of, well, you're stressing it. Instead of, it, you are stretching it, but you're stressing the tissue enough that it goes, oh, we have to, we have to be able to move this way. So mm -hmm. you're actually pulling the collagen fibers in a, like, horizontally, rather than being, like, scattered, organized right on the spot. Right. And then your body, the theory, the hypothesis is that the more you move, the more your body will take up collagen fibers and put muscle fiber there. Oh, so going forward, you'll have more that. muscle fibers rather than scar tissue. Yeah. Right. Scar tissue is fine because it's actually super strong unless it's, again, organized really terribly and you can't actually move anymore. Yeah. If you organize your scar tissue, these collagen fibers uh, lengthwise, like they're all nice horizontal, they're beautiful. Uh, scar tissue is fine. Because scar tissue is way stronger than your muscles. Now, they're not contractile enough. They, your uh, collagen doesn't have contractile, contractility in it. I can't even yeah. say these contractile words. Contractile properties. Contractile properties. Wow. Thank you. Um, so it doesn't have contractile properties. So obviously, it doesn't make you stronger um, in the sense of you can move more weight and that sort of thing. But it actually makes your tissue stronger. Yeah. So scar tissue can be a good thing. Yeah, There's so a reason why your body puts it there. Scared of, but yeah. Yeah. Definitely have to push past it. Um, what I what was I gonna say? There's something that I was about to say about the painkillers, and I don't remember what it was. You went to rehab, and now you're back. Rehab. It's good to have you back. <laughs> oh, I know what I was gonna say. Um, because of like the whole opioid mm -hmm. crisis, getting painkillers from doctors is super hard. So basically, when you leave the the hospital, they give you um, ten days which is nothing after yeah. a total knee replacement, of uh, painkillers. Whoa! <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Oh, I had no idea yeah. it would be that short. Wow. That short, yeah. yeah. With no days. refills? With no refills. Yeah. And then um, when I had went, I had went just before Christmas. So when I had called back the doctor, he was on vacation. <laughs> so I had no painkillers. And then I had to call my family doctor who was on vacation because it was Christmas time. So I was struggling to try to find painkillers where I had to go to like, um, I was literally just calling up friends being like, 
Allegedly. Remember when Allegedly. you had, Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Remember when you had a surgery? <laughs> yeah, it got I got desperate. Like I was like, yeah. I I can't I yeah. can't do days without without the pain meds. I can't right. do it. I can't move. I was like, it, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually wondering why. Like, so when you're saying you have to ice four times a day for 30 minutes, um, if you listen back in the podcast, you'll hear me talking about why I think ice is. Not the greatest I, for an injury. I've heard, yeah, I yeah. know. I've been reading up about that actually, about like over icing and stuff like that. Inflammation yeah. is a good thing. Sure. Um, however, because you are stretching in between that and pulling on it, it makes it inflame more. Sure. So, and it really does help with pain. Like Absolutely, I noticed yeah. that when I didn't ice it, it'd be way more painful to go into like the stretching and the exercising and, and sleeping. So as far as pain wise goes, I, I found personally that it helped me yeah. with pain. Yeah, well, I think, that, it, I think it's sense. mostly pain relieving anyway. I think yeah. that's more the hypothesis. But it also makes sense with your situation too, being a total, I think for the most part, the context that you were speaking in would have been surrounding like a, a like, normal yeah, injury that people yeah. get that would actually like be they, better in six weeks. Yeah. You know, not your situation, which would be like, if you ice it, your uh, you're not measuring it, but say you were measuring inflammatory markers. Yeah. How much are you bring it down? Not a little, a, a little bit, right? Yeah. But not all of it, for sure. We know maybe, probably not even the majority, right? But you're doing it enough that you can continue working with through it. Yes. So it's like that makes a lot of sense. And you know, someone amount- with a twisted ankle, it's like. Like if it's not swelling up to a balloon, like is it really necessary? You know, yeah. or something like that. But that's a totally different situation because yeah. the amount of inflammation um, really makes it difficult to stretch your leg out too. For sure, because it's yeah. just like all you feel is like this tightness around just your pressure. leg. Pressure, yeah. yeah. So when you do ice it, even if it reduces the inflammation by like 20 percent, uh-huh. you kind of just get that like fifteen to twenty percent of relief. Yeah, um, and a little bit more stretching. So yeah, I think it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's helpful, definitely, for major surgeries. Yeah. Well, I think like the pros of like vastly away the cons because I agree with Sam. Where if you put ice on yourself, it, your your tissue, so like you know, a millimeter down might be decreased inflammation. So your skin, but like it's not like that ice is penetrating deeper into the joint, but and slowing yeah. healing down to well, like. Well, that's a, the thing is remember also what your you're, you, you the reason you're doing it also. Um, you, uh, I was gonna say. You're, you're not directly trying to improve healing. You're trying to acutely affect what you can do with it functionally, right? Like yes. you're, you're trying to bring down the pain, which is not healing. That's a separate thing. You're yeah. trying to affect pain. Yeah. And then you're trying to affect acute functionality so that you can move it or whatever you're trying to do at that time. Yeah. A lot of people, their ideas, and this is further context for what you were talking about, Ty, in like the previous episodes, is like, People are putting ice on injuries thinking it's like a it's a healing uh, modality. Yeah. It's like, oh, put ice on it. It'll heal. Like, that's what they're thinking in their head. Yeah. As opposed to like, no, that's not what it's doing at all. That's what, that's the main yeah, argument, I think. For sure. So it's like if you're affecting pain or functionality, maybe that's a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense. I definitely sense. wouldn't argue yeah. ice in this context at all. I was just, I, I find it yeah, funny makes, to like think to myself. That's good. That's a yeah. good, this is a good like example though of where like the nuances would would be different, right? You could, yeah. it makes sense in well, some situations. Well, they still do use, like, even <laughs> my doctor is saying, you know, rest, ice, compression, elevation. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's for, well, it started from, like, um, war veterans. Like, the reason, do you know that? Like, yeah, the, yeah it was basically just to 
stop if someone like lost their limb <laughs> oh stop, oh wow yeah stop like the or prevent bleeding and all that stuff from them bleeding out that's basically where rice came from yeah. and doctors are still using it for everything and <laughs> everything the guy else. also who who uh formulate formulated it or whatever put it, put that acronym together he like renounced it in my understanding too yeah like he came out and was too. like Basically yeah, we saying, should move away from this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically saying, well, yeah. uh, inflammation is your body's way of like sending blood into and nutrients. Fixing things. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. nutrients into the area that needs mm -hmm. to be healed. Yeah, yeah. and inflammation also stops you. It's a protective mechanism to stop you from moving. Hence why you just said like, if you didn't put ice on it to decrease the inflammation a little bit, you'd feel so tight that you wouldn't be able to move. Yeah. So now you not being put, not putting ice on yourself. Uh, will inhibit the way you can stretch, which would effectively inhibit the healing that you're going to get in a more like linear fashion rather than the scattered scar tissue that I was just talking about. Mm -hmm. So like it's good. Like it, the pros will definitely outweigh the, any cons you could think of yeah. for ice. Mm -hmm. uh, I think compression is a little is a little strange. Like let everything yeah. move. Yeah. Ice is one thing. Compression is definitely a little bit strange. Elevation is fine because your body can still get inflammation there. Mm -hmm. like gravity's not like you don't put your leg up and all of a sudden there's no blood in your leg like your heart's <laughs> strong and your body's amazing but i don't think compression elevation is that like um that important compared to resting sure mm -hmm. um and then icing a little bit if you need to but to be able to do your exercises like you were doing yeah yeah that makes um perfect sense. actually for the elevation after total knee replacement for me i did notice that um if i stood for too long my knee went black and oh. you, yeah oh, so wow. it's like when you wrap a um an elastic around your finger and you can feel yeah. all the blood go into yeah. your finger. If I'm standing for too long, that's what I felt in my leg and uh, it went black. So I'd have to like lift up my leg just to kind of get the blood moving. It couldn't, it couldn't wow. leave. Yeah. 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 It's um not that uncommon. I looked it up and didn't really see that much about it. But when I asked my doctor, he was like, it's, it's still, that's pretty common. Right. And knee replacements too, like, Every question that I asked my doctor and I was like, that's weird. He's like, it's going to be weird for everyone. Everyone's going to have a different experience. So it's really hard for me to say that if someone has a total knee replacement, what they're going to come out and experience Yeah, because yeah. it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're just talking about your specific yeah. experience because we can get into those little, Yeah, we can get into a little bit of specifics, but we really can't. No. You can like, I'm sure you can expect pain. I'm, I, that's probably yeah. safe to say. Uh, you're probably going to expect having to take some painkillers. You're going to expect pain with movement. You, I think those are, you're going to expect pain, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but your actual how you feel about it is going to be way different than everybody else's. And the thing too is, is like, you can't expect to come out of the surgery feeling um, like even months down the road, feeling like it was the best decision you made after arthritis. Like most people say, it takes about a year for you to say that was oh. the best decision I made. Yeah. So oh. there's still um, parts of me that are a little doubtful and I yeah. am fearful that maybe it wasn't the best thing for me. But then I go back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I couldn't sleep. And now I actually I'm noticing like little things that I'm like, I can actually sleep a full night now nice. and maybe wake up like once or twice and be like, OK, it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Whereas like prior to the surgery, I like could it was just throbbing throughout my entire leg up my side into my glute yeah. and now i'm like oh yeah okay that's a small improvement or even yeah. being able to stand up without shaking off my leg and moving my knee around so i could stand up fully and walk like it took me about a minute to a minute and a half 
every single wow. time I stood up just to stretch out my leg. Yeah. And now I like, I do it because I've been doing it for 13 years. I stand yeah. up and shake my leg out. And I'm like, why am I doing that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't need to do that anymore. So it's nice to actually see a little bit of improvements. What's That's, the, um, what's your training like now? Cause you've been at the gym a couple times at least. So yeah, seen, um, but... currently just doing whatever I feel is um, comfortable. Uh -huh. um, as far as my leg goes, I do know that I'm going to have to push it and it's going to yeah. be super uncomfortable. There are like, I can't do like anything really what it has to do with like squatting or extension. Yeah. Um, I did hip thrusts. I was going to say, <laughs> you can do hip thrusts. Yeah. I can do hip thrusts because they're not, it's a really big stretch in my leg. It actually. Like at the bottom or at the top? Where's the. The stretch the... through my entire knee. Like I don't know how to explain it, but it's oh, like okay. through my entire leg. If yeah. um, it kind of. It's probably going to sound ridiculous. Or I mean the movement. Like which part of the movement is like the, where's that? Oh, at the top of the movement. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. At the top yeah. of the movement, I feel like the biggest stretch in my in my knee where it kind of oh, okay. like feels like this because there's layers of stitches, right? Yeah. Okay. So it kind of feels like the stitches underneath uh, are ripping. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Splat. Yeah. You have yeah. to get, yeah, you have to get, you just have to ignore it almost. Yeah. Like don't think about it too much. That was a big thing too when I, um, I was really good with my arthritis before, like knowing how the pain felt. So ignoring it was a lot easier yeah. and kind of not thinking about it because it's like a new type of pain and swelling. So now I'm like, feel like I'm back to square one where I have to like reteach myself not to think about it so much because the more I thought about it, the more I put my head into my, into my leg and like freaked myself out a bit about it, the more I felt it. Yeah. If that makes right. sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was just, it's basically reteaching myself not to give my leg that much <laughs> attention. So is like the strategy then basically like as symptoms improve slowly, mediumly, quickly, you're just going to add in more exercise, more weights, yeah. more intensity, yeah. more volume. I'm more literally work. just doing whatever I can <clears throat> and like I'll play just, around at yeah. the gym and see what I can do and what I can't do. Mm -hmm. um, like I really want to try to get my quad obviously built up since mm -hmm. it's... Um, really small yeah. <laughs> it's atrophied quite a bit yeah. Yeah. i really try to build up my quad so i'm just trying to figure out what's as comfortable and as least painful as possible to yeah. to do that but i do realize that it's gonna it's still gonna feel uncomfortable right. could you do like leg extension isometrics so i like, can't do any ex i can't extend no i'm saying like oh. isometrics meaning you're not moving at all so get onto the leg press machine put to max weight and you just push your legs into the pad as hard as you can Oh. So you're just squeezing your quad and yeah. you're not actually moving through the movement at all. You're not flexing yeah, or extending just, yeah. your leg and you can find a position that you enjoy, that is comfortable. comfortable, really flexed, halfway flexed, a little bit extended and yeah. just push against the pad as hard as you can. Yeah. And then you can increase up from there and you would have to do like uh, time and amount of time doing it. So reps and, vo and uh, like time volume yeah. rather than putting the weight up because you're just going to put the weight at max and just your leg it move. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to move yeah. anyways. That's a good idea. Uh -huh. yeah. That's yeah. what I would recommend. And then it. I like that like you can clearly get on and off a chair. Like yeah. could you do like box squats instead? Like um, kind of high box squats? Without, yeah. without standing up all the way, I guess, right? Is that the problem? Is like No, it's getting, it's both. <laughs> it's sitting yeah. down and, and getting down. Um, yeah. My kneecap also moves to the side. Oh, like fun. my patella moves to the <laughs> side sometimes, uh, which is like a new thing that I've noticed. So I have to like pop it back in. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> um, Does it hurt when it happens? No, it's just kind of makes me feel queasy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, falling apart. Very cool. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's all a part of the journey, really. Yeah, I could try to do the the box squats. Yeah. Um, 
do you feel like going through this if you had uh, a client going through this in the future you'd be like ha i have some good advice for you yeah or like i for sure and not even just knee replacements but anything like um leg related or like injury yeah. related it really helps me kind of relate to my clients a little bit better. Not that I advise yeah. every trainer to go through some sort of surgery to try to re <laughs> relate to your client better, yeah. but it definitely, it really helps me have a little bit more empathy um, and give my clients more advice, yeah. I guess. And, and more tools in the toolbox as far as like, everyone will be different of course, but little tricks that you find along the way, whether it's like what Ty just suggested as far mm -hmm. as like isometrics, you'll have all these different ideas. Yeah. If you are a part of the rehab program for someone going through something similar. Yeah. You can be like, oh yeah, I did these. And I would rarely do these for a, a normal situation, but I forgot about those. We could do those to, you know, get you stronger. Yeah. Yeah, but. for sure. It'll definitely help. Yeah. I want to jump back a tiny bit. I want to talk about your physio. So how long, so uh, you got 10 sessions because you've ranted about it a couple of times already, which is super annoying. OHIP covers 10 physio sessions when you get a total knee replacement. That's not enough. That's not enough. It's simply not enough. No. Simply, <laughs> simply not. I would say, honestly, if I didn't have my background that I have, I'm really lucky that I do and that I know the people and know a lot of people. Um, I would say probably like 30 to 40 sessions would be right. like ideal and then possibly even more because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not a slow, at, I, it's not slow, it's not slow. Even at least three times a week for six weeks. Like that's the minimum I would ever want someone to go for. Yeah, for I went for twice a week. That's the max that they would take me in was twice a week. Right. Yeah. So t tell us a little bit about not, you don't have to, you know, obviously you don't need to like shit on a. Definitely physio. name names yeah. right now. Name we want names, where we want they, companies, where they go. we yeah. want addresses, phone numbers, emails. Social insurance number. Yeah, I would appreciate yeah. that on their yeah. Facebook. Uh, but talk about your experience with it and what you would have changed about it. So I'm going to assume more sessions. Yeah. Uh, but what you would have changed about it. Was there something that they did that you were like, they could have done that differently. You felt like you're missing out on, on something. The physio that I went to, I found um, they gave you a sheet that they gave every single person with the exact same exercises. So everyone who had a total knee replacement would got, get all the exact same exercises and stretches. Um, and they'd sit you in a corner and you would just literally do it on your own. And then the physio would come to you at the end and like touch your leg for five seconds and then you'd leave. So that was my like experience for the first few times that I went. Um, so I went home and like, I tried to do things on my own that she didn't do. Um, I also found that her approach to um, my knee replacement was a little too aggressive where I'd be leaving with bruises like on the back of my leg. She'd push down way too hard and it would cause more inflammation. So yeah, if, if I had to do it again, I'd probably find a physio that was less aggressive um, and go three times a week with a little bit of a less aggressive approach. Right. Um, so I left feeling a little bit more, like I know it's going to be painful, but I, I found like it was a little bit too much. Yeah. yeah. The aggression was You couldn't recover from it. It was like making it worse. It was making it yeah. worse. Yeah, I had points where like the back of my knee was really inflamed. Like the next day would be more sore than if I hadn't gone to physio. And I'm, I'm kind of like, what's the point if yeah. the next day I'm extremely sore and now I can't do my my stretches or my exercises and it was kind of frustrating that I would see somebody like an 85 year old man doing the exact same stretches that I was doing yeah and I'm like we're two different two completely different people mm -hmm. and like I feel like I'm past 
that. <laughs> yeah. there, it's a good start. So those for sure. exercises and stretches that you had, I guarantee was a good start for uh, most people. Absolutely. Right? But, and great for me too. Like sure. it's not like, even when I went to physio um, and a part of me was like, this is stupid. <laughs> I definitely realized that if I hadn't gone or hadn't had those types of stretches, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. But I still feel like it could have been done and been a little bit more um, specific to the person that I am. So you wanted your physio to like listen to you and go, first of all, don't press so hard. What are you doing? Second of all, to spend a little bit more time with you. Because yeah. I found in a lot of physio settings, they don't just don't simply don't spend enough time with you. And they can't get to know you. They can't fully understand your body if they're spending five minutes mm -hmm. with you. A yeah. few minutes, right? It's not personal. No. Well, yeah. And how can you custom tailor treatment that? tailored to the individual if you don't know them that well yeah like you can't right it's, yeah you, you can't do it yeah so i i think um whoever if you were to get a total knee replacement just getting a personal trainer for like a few even like a few months prior to your training i mean prior to your replacement um will help you a lot like they can give you exercises and stuff to do after your knee replacement so you don't have to rely so much on a physio who's probably not going to be as personal yeah um like a personal trainer which yeah. would be really helpful yeah you know what's a i mean yes shameless plug for all three of us yes definitely, <laughs> definitely get a personal Go trainer, see yeah. a personal trainer. <laughs> it's fine this is um this is very this is not super specific obviously there's a lot of nuance and context but if you walk into a physio clinic and it's super super fancy how much do you think they have to make to maintain that place so if you walk into a physio clinic and it's like tiny bit grungy they don't have like fanciest of everything that means he that Physio doesn't have to make a lot of money to maintain their space, mm -hmm. and they're probably going to spend more time with you. I've actually kind of noticed that because I worked in a bunch of different physio clinics and seen a bunch of different physio clinics, and I'm like, you can see the amount of money they need to make decreases the amount of time they spend with each patient because they need they need to treat five people an hour rather than two people an hour because the money stays the same because no one's going to pay a hundred dollars an hour physio. They're they're paying like sixty to seventy usually. Mm -hmm. So that's a, it's kind of just a funny thought, but I've kind of seen it in my own anecdotal evidence, of course, just like my data. And I'm like, it's a little bit weird. I don't know. The place that I went to is a little grungy. And it's still, <laughs> oh man, they're my dad. Just do it right away. Yeah. <laughs> the place, yeah, whatever. I get what you're saying though, but. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to go into your experience with these nurses? I want to, I want to know more. I don't know if you want it on the podcast <laughs> or not. But. Um, I'll be honest, like the first few days after surgery, I can barely remember because I was just oh, yeah. flying high. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Right after surgery, they give you like a, a button to press for morphine. And she's like, you can press it every five minutes. I was like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and then she took. Go. So basically, actually, that's where it all started. She was like, "You can press it every five minutes," and she didn't say anything else after that. So I was like, "All right, well, I don't want to feel anything, so I'm pressing it every five minutes." She comes in the day later. She's like, "Oh, you've been pressing it way too much. We got to get you off of morphine." Oh. So, so she <laughs> she takes me off. Who would have thought that if you were allowed to press it five uh, every five minutes, you would max yeah. that out? Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. I was, I was you didn't, feeling you great. Didn't stop at, you didn't stop at one cookie? <laughs> yeah. What? That's what? crazy. We're given the chance to have a hundred? Um, yeah. So she had took me off and then um, it was a really bad experience actually. I guess they, I don't know if they were actually really busy, but every time I kept calling the nurse to come in to give me pain meds, she took her sweet time, like 45 minutes to an hour. So 
she was telling me to, you have to maintain, she's like, you have to maintain um, your pain, right? Like you, you don't want to get, you don't want it to get too painful to the point when, when we do give you meds, it's really hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll just buzz you in to come in. But she kept taking her sweet time. And then when she did come in, she would give me half the dose that I was supposed to get. So because she didn't want me to get addicted. She goes, I don't want you to get addicted. I don't want you to get addicted. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there was... That's how far they've gone, eh? Mm-hmm. They're just terrified well, of people Well, the pendulum being... has swung the completely the other way now. Yeah. It was used to be free reign, and now it's all... And not like, even free reign. It's just like, like the last time I had to deal with painkillers, it was like... There's no talk of addiction or ten well, day re or ten day prescriptions. So any of that. day day one, basically, you're in there. Um, I had an epidural, by the way. When Whoa, I had, hey, yeah, <laughs> first epidural. Hey. Uh, I had an epidural um, before I went into surgery because they didn't want to put me under because I've been under so many times. Right. So uh, they just put you under a light sleep, which I've woken up like I woke up three times while I was <laughs> oh. under. Um, so the epidural makes you numb, obviously, yeah. from the waist down. So I was, I felt great when I came out of surgery. I'm like, this is going to be easy. Oh, no. Whatever. <laughs> and then the pain started to come. Um, oh. And then day two, because I wasn't on the morphine drip anymore and I wasn't on that strong of a painkiller, um, the physiotherapist came in and she tried to move my leg. And I was literally screaming. And I had tears coming down from my eyes. And I was like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. She was like, okay. The nurse came back in and she grabbed my leg and she's like, you need to stop being such a baby. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. And then oh. I, I remember being like, wow, <laughs> that just made me feel like shit. Yeah. I'm like, yep. is this is this really painful or am I like, yeah, I you're like, am tell. I crazy? Am like, I crazy? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, it, it's going to be painful. You need to know that it's going to be painful. And I, I don't know. Yeah. It just was not a great experience for me. That nurse is one foot in the door and one foot out of the door. She's like, I'm done with being a nurse, but she needs money. So she's <laughs> carrying on. You want to know the flip side of the painkiller thing? For my wisdom teeth recovery, which is very different than what you went through. Nah, totally the same. <laughs> 30 days times two refill of oxys. No. Yeah. When did you get your wisdom teeth taken out? Uh, Eight years ago or yeah. something so yeah Seven years ago? The, the i was right on yeah i was right on the cusp of actually those two prescriptions so the first prescription was the two prescriptions went over they they uh uh went over the transition of when they switched out oxycontin time release and regular oxycontin crushable tablets that people were crushing and injecting and all oh that. so that was right when they started to change those and then they went over into my understanding they had a lot they were switching over into these time released ones that were much harder to crush and snort and inject uh yeah so wowzers but yeah so wow. i is that crazy it's crazy that so everyone I, had, else I forget how many i had but i had lots of them a whole gang of them yeah twice, twice. <laughs> i should have called you up yeah i know <laughs> I should have some left over, really, but yeah, no, I used them all up. Um, <laughs> like yeah. I felt great the whole time. Yeah, and that was just wisdom teeth. That's crazy. Well, um, Josie, do you have any? What's one thing you would tell anyone that is getting into your replacement has slash had just got one? What would be one thing you? What practical piece of advice you would love to give them for them to know? I would say your pre um, going up to surgery, your pre surgery. Um, that's the most important, like really focus on, uh, the foods you're ingesting, try to like work up to an anti-inflammatory diet if you can. 
Um, work up on building up the muscle around the knee as much as you can. Learn how to move properly because it's going to be a lot harder to learn how to like squat and deadlift and lunge and all that stuff afterwards. Like, um, so just really learning how to move properly so it's quicker and easier for you to go back into the gym or just move in general after your knee replacement. That's that would be my biggest advice. Like, AKA I mean, get op- jacked. Yeah. <laughs> AKA come see me or Tim or Josie. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's a big like. Um, and don't, don't expect miracles. Don't expect for you to be a hundred percent ever after the knee replacement. Cause mm. you won't be, you'll never be a hundred percent. You might be 50% better, 75% better, but you won't have, you won't ha- be a hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah. That's probably good, right? Yeah, Hope for the best, expect the worst. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want your expectations to be you, off from. No. And I think a lot much. of people think that a knee replacement is means you're going to have your like five year old knee back. Right. And like be good to run and do all that stuff. And that's unfortunately not the case. Like yeah. the knee's a um, complicated joint and the surgeries. What bad news. You won't be able to run. In all seriousness. Yeah. Being able to run that is, is freedom. A, that right? is so, a question yeah. that I had though was someone asked me, um, what can't you do after total knee replacement? And you can basically do anything but running. Hmm. Like they just, you know, the last thing you want to do is have to go back in there and get another knee replacement sooner than, Ugh. yeah, like sooner than later. Yeah, but yeah. you do have yeah. to let yourself heal. That's basically the idea there. Let yourself well, heal for sure. They don't want you running ever, yeah. like after a knee replacement. Oh wow. Yeah, it's just, it's the the risk because you already have to go back in to get a knee replacement twenty to thirty years after you get one. Um, and that type of, yeah. And that type expires, (laughs) it does. And that type of, um, impact can lead you to going back in sooner. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I think just don't run in general. That's my bias. I I was thrilled (laughs) when my doctor said, don't run. I was like, Oh, what a shame. You're like, no, darn. Please don't. My favorite thing ever. (laughs) That's great. Um, Josie, thank you for sharing your experience. That was awesome. Thank you. I think it's, I think it's important to realize like how, it's pretty, I find it amazing that we can do surgeries, but the amount of stuff that comes with it, it's not just easy as like, cool, six weeks later, you're going to be good and carry on living, but mm-hmm. uh, you're going to carry on living, but it's uh, <laughs> not weird, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's going to be individualized. Um, I hope you guys all have a better experience than Josie might've had, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. You're killing it. You're doing what you can. So. I'm doing what I can. She's back in the gym, crushing it. Yeah. Up so to the many Josie hip fit thrusts. Name. So, That's yeah. all I'm going to be doing is yeah. hip thrusts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing that I can right now. Yeah. In weird leg press isometrics. Yeah. It is a little bit strange. People are going like, to be like, she, she can't, can't even lift, lift it. it. <laughs> 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 like, no, I swear this is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> Ego totally just, shattered. <laughs> just go, Tyler made me do it. And then they'll be like, oh, what an idiot. And this is fine. I'll, I'll take the bread into the plane. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been episode 41. Anything else there, Tim? Uh, I don't think so. This will be out after the seminar, so there's no point plugging that. Yep, but are true. you still taking on personal training clients? Certainly am. Cool. Tyler's taking on personal training clients. Hit them up, tyler at modestrength.ca. Hell yeah. Or you're not working yet, are you? Not yet, no. Well, Josie will be working. And uh, if so you're around the like... Orangeville area and you're a female, <laughs> hit her up. Super active she's on a, social media, hilarious social trainer. media influencer, yeah. uh, Josie K. Influencer! She's an influencer. <laughs> you don't have the swipe thing up yet. Yeah, thing, she's but, a uh, avocado toast uh, yeah. extraordinaire. Yeah. Um, she influences me to basically have avocado toast. Wow, super white girl <laughs> right here. Yeah, yeah. Starbucks on the table. Yeah, you really blew it doing that. But yeah. <laughs> but anyways, guys. 
Thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. See you. See you.